the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. My next guest has written an article we have on LarryElder.com called Ethnic Studies Curriculum Promotes Divisiveness and Indoctrination. He is a frequent guest on the Larry Oldest Show. He teaches economics at UCLA. Please welcome back to the program Professor Lee Ohanian. <laughs> Professor, as always, thank you very much for taking the time. It's always a pleasure. This was a very disturbing piece uh, that you wrote. It reminds me of a conversation I once had with the then uh, chairman of the National Association of Scholars, a California chapter. His name is John Ellis. And, Professor, he wrote an 80-some page critique of the curriculum uh, that we have uh, in the U.K. system. And he says it was indoctrination, uh, not, uh, not teaching. And the, uh, the chancellor uh, was asked one question about that uh, 80-some-odd report that uh, Ellis put together. And the chancellor said, yeah, I, I read it, and uh, I don't agree with the findings. And that was it. And that was it. That was it. Larry, it's it's very disturbing. In uh, in California in 2016, the state legislature passed a bill that required kids in public schools to take ethnic studies courses with, I think, the reasonable idea that kids would learn more about the world or more about other cultures, help kids work together, whoever they might be. But what's come out as a curriculum, and we're now on the third try of the curriculum, mm-hmm. Each one has been rejected. Well, the third one is now is is now in a public commentary period. But the curricula really are very heavily influenced by what's known as critical race theory, which is founded on the premise that slavery and white supremacy and colonialism and victimization are the primary evils that affect us as a society today, culturally and socially. And the curriculum is all about grounding kids within this way of thinking. Um, the curriculum includes uh, ideas for teachers to teach kids about African Americans. And um, who is left off the list? Uh, Martin Luther King is left off that list. Whoa, 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 back up. Martin Luther King is not on the list? Martin Luther King is left off the list of black Americans to be celebrated and to be discussed uh, within the classroom. Um, you're, you wouldn't guess in 100 years. Well, you probably would, but, but uh, ordinarily I would say a person wouldn't guess in 100 years about who is displacing Martin Luther King on the list. A number of convicted felons, including several people, uh, murders, uh, convicted murders, um, one of whom is a convicted um, killer of a policeman, from about 40 years ago in Philadelphia, and uh, and the person was a former Black Panther um, involved in other uh, and been prosecuted for other types of crimes. Um, and there's several people. Uh, professor, professor, another one is one that we just that talked about on my program not even an hour ago, 
Her real name is Joanne Chesimar. Uh, she changed her name to Asanta Shakur, and she murdered a New Jersey state trooper uh, and was convicted of it, broke out of prison, fled to Cuba, is still there as we speak, Professor. And Maxine Waters wrote Fidel Castro a letter urging him to not send her back here after Congress passed a resolution demanding that he do so. And she compared her to a freedom fighter, likened her to MLK, and told her the only reason she was persecuted was because of her stance on civil rights and urged him to keep her there. And she's still there. Yes, she was involved in um, in, 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 a, in, a, in a horrendous shootout with police. Oh. Uh, so I, I don't know if I would call that being a freedom fighter. And Asata Shakur displaces Katherine Johnson, who was the only woman on the Apollo 11 uh, space team who was tasked with mathematically estimating um, how that spacecraft would, would circle the moon. I remember her. Uh, she, she, was she, she was in that movie, Hidden Figures. That, it, that was about her. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. movie Hidden Figures was right. really about her, and she was African-American. So, um, so she, wouldn't so it she, be wonderful? So she has been displaced in favor of Ashanta Shakur? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, and wouldn't it be wonderful for, for, for girls of all color uh, to, uh, to learn about Katherine Johnson and to aspire to be, uh, to be a wonderful mathematician and physicist like her? <laughs> but instead they're going to learn about uh, Asata Shakur. You know, Professor, uh, watching this election and you hear Democrats in the media say there's no, quote, widespread evidence of voter fraud over and over again, no widespread evidence of voter fraud. What is the widespread evidence that slavery, Jim Crow and racism are the cause of today's problems in the black community? Where's the widespread evidence of that? You know, there there are uh, that's obviously a very commonly held talking point. Mm within certain political circles. Um, in the article, um, I write about the remarkable economic success that the Hmong people from Southeast Asia have uh, have achieved. Uh, H-M-O-N-G, these are immigrants uh, who came to the United States in the 1980s. They were living at that time much as they had lived for two or 300 years before that they were, you know, time had passed them by. They had an ancient language primarily made up of one-syllable worlds. They came to the United States and must have been like Mars for them. In 1990, less than half of them worked. Today, 60% work. In 1990, 67% of the Mongs were on public assistance. That's down to 12% today. Their median household income has increased from 47% in 1990 to 92 percent in 2010. These were people with every single odd stacked against them. And yet they achieved remarkable economic success in just one generation, just 20 years, where they become essentially the median American household. And only could this happen in the United States. Mm -hmm. Among a group that faced pretty much every possible challenge that they could confront, and yet the chapter in this curriculum about the Hmong people was all about social injustices in terms of the justice system and gender roles and patriarchy and matriarchy. There wasn't one word about how these people as a group had largely achieved the, the, uh, the American dream. Um, and that's what happens when the facts don't really line up with the narrative. Lee, we only have about 30 seconds left. What this suggests to me is that this ethnic studies curriculum is all about letting young people know, especially people of color know, that you have been a victim, you are a victim, uh, you will always be a victim. 
Yes, it, it certainly paints that picture, and it's one that, in my opinion, holds back people that have those views. It's, the, it's, it's a shame. The piece is called Ethnic Studies Curriculum Promotes Divisiveness and Indoctrination. It is written by my guest, Professor Leo Haney, and it's up on LarryElder.com. Professor, as always, thank you very much for coming on and sticking your neck out and taking a, a task like this, because I'm sure uh, it doesn't make you the most popular person on campus. <laughs> Larry, uh, you're absolutely right about that. Thanks so much. It's always a pleasure. God, God bless. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.